Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Billy Barty's Magic Farties with Big Parties. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. See this, acorn? I'll throw it at you and turn you to stone. Oh no, I'm really scared. No, don't! There's a peck here pointing an acorn at me! I love you, Sorsha. I don't love her. She kicked me in the face. I hate her. Don't I? Don't I know you? I stole the baby from you, Dakini. While you were taking a pee-pee. Cue the theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Mexican? See, See, that was awesome. That was like the that was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you how do you say the words? Uh, yeah. the theme, theme song. song. I've had experience in this sort of thing. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Sorcerer. I dwell in darkness without you, and it went away. Where the hell did you come from? I don't love her. She kicked me in the face. I hate her. Don't I? Ooh. I'm really scared. I am the greatest swordsman that ever lived. Alright. Back to the 80s we go. Way back. You know what? Something crazy about this flick that we're getting into uh, is at the time it had an insane uh, number of little people in it. Maybe 250 different cast members. Uh, but all led by the title character, 17-year-old Warwick Davis in Willow. 17. I uh, didn't know that as we were watching. Yeah, he was, he was 17 freaking years young. old. Holy shit. That is nuts. He looked young as shit, but that's pretty young to be well, a I mean, of a big movie. He looked pretty young for his wife. His wife seemed a bit um, older than he was. And uh, two a little worn also out. dental a little. bridging. Bad dental work, yes, as well. Or not. She's been around the village, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, oh. Was, well, I'm not saying that. One of you guys was talking about how attractive, what a pe- what a what a piece, what a, <laughs> how lucky he was that he wound up with her. Uh, and uh, I was, well, in in comparison <laughs> to the other women that we see here, she's like the better one. She's cleaned up more. The other ones kind of are must be rolling around in dirt and stuff. In the, in the village. Well, no, I'm just saying they did a good. That was the one thing they did a really good job. And this movie is making everything look, um, shit. Uh, look authentic. <laughs> John's. Oh my god, John's in a good mood tonight. He's kind of stuff laughing. Oh my god, sorry, that just struck me as funny. <laughs> the dirt. Good. Uh, Just, yeah. The little people, their their town, their wardrobe, and their homes are very dirty. They uh, they're not a clean folk. I mean, they live in a foresty kind of environment, right? It's true. Hard yeah, to no, keep it's like clean. medieval times, basically, with some scattered magic for lunch. Yeah, well, yeah you, when you have like, dirt floors, there's going to be dirt. Yeah, sweeping those dirt floors, it, it gets like all messed up. Fuck yeah, yep. you can't sweep a floor clean. Um, this movie done by Ron <laughs> Howard. Um, yeah, 1988, this movie took place. So following um, all but one of the Star Wars movies, would it not? What year was, was Jedi in relation to this? 
I am the wrong person to ask, but I would Jedi guess eighty four. Yeah, friends, that's very close, Brent. Yeah, because uh, Empire yeah. was like eighty one or eighty two. So yeah, it would be like eighty four probably. So yeah, even though the screenplay credits go to Bob Dole, men, um, <laughs> the George Lucas is um, known for the maybe the story behind this, getting this kicked off concept wise. Um, and as such, in some of the research I was doing, people were drawing some pretty big parallels and comparisons between this movie and, and Star Wars with, you know, Willow being close to the Luke character, Mad Mardigan being close to the scoundrel. You got the princess, you got the evil almighty being. Well, anyway, um, just a couple things make you think, make you think about things. Cause, think um, um, this was just over two hours running in, uh, yeah. made for 35 million and brought in 137 at the box office, which while very, very, very good, I bet was a disappointment for them that it wasn't massive, that this didn't have at the time, like franchise ability. I believe maybe. it cleaned up on the second market though, on the home sales side, didn't it? Oh, I believe that I remember reading that there was like not very well, uh, received like you're saying in the theater like despite making money kind of a disappointment um but becoming like a big cult flick on the back end and so yeah like, doing well in the home uh video oh nice back yeah here, it would have been all fucking blockbuster you know oh yeah i think that's absolutely right or sydney video maybe is another place that might have rented it you know sydney might have existed. Video. or you know. cape Breton family video oh Back in the places, buys before there was even blockbusters. Oh um, shit, bye. Yeah, I can't say bye. Uh bye. Get into get it into you, buy. So we talked um, talk about the beginning of this movie. Oh, do you want to do the explanation? Well, Sorry, Johnny. I can a bit. I just also wanted to say though that Warwick Davis, young as he was, was joined by Val Kilmer, uh, Joanne Wally, Gene Marsh, Patricia Hayes, Billy Barty. Kevin Pollock in a little minor role in this one and some other faces you would um, no doubt recognize but definitely Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, Joanne Wallier um, three of the bigger names. Who is the guy who played Eric? Uh, Fuck, I don't know his name but he's like a like better looking Jake Busey. Gavin O'Hurley that's his name go. and you would know this because well maybe you wouldn't know this but um, Never Say Never Again was his big claim to fame. He was uh Kim Bassinger's brother in that one. He gets uh, killed by someone throwing a snake in his lap while he's driving a car. There you go. And he's also kind of a Viking guy in this. Um, so this movie follows the story of Willow Upgood. Upgood? Willow. Close enough. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it is uff good. Uff good. Um, Willow Uffgood lives at a place, and he's just chilling with his family, trying to live the life of his people, who are Nelwins, uh, which are little people or dwarves. Um, and then there are Daikinis, uh, who are bigger, taller folk, like uh, you know, people. And um, there's a magic. There's trolls also lurking in the land, and there's trolls too. Yes, let's throw that in there. But basically, there's this really evil. They call her a queen. I don't know how she got that title of queen, but she's queen of this big mega castle, and she is hellbent on murdering a child as a sacrifice because this child is... Um, Prophesized. Uh, there's a, 
there's a prophecy yeah that's the right thing about bringing her down and like all good movies and prophecies it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy but this lady tries real hard to murder babies and the good people of the world save the baby and it washes up on our good friend willow's front lawn and they want to keep it but they realize they can't as there's danger so they have to try and return the baby and they get caught up with mad mardigan um who is at a crossroads in life shall we say (laughs) Uh, and mad mardigan will maybe take a liking to willow and his band of merry dudes and the little baby that they found there's more to her than appears will they be able to save the world or will they all become pigs seriously that was crazy what Um, happened (laughs) that was crazy this movie, famous, famous for Industrial Light and Magic's uh, morphing <clears throat> effect that was developed during the shooting of this movie. They were having a tough time getting some of the transformation scenes right, turning ladies into goats and other all manner of creatures. And so when Rizelle in the latter half of this movie gets changed into a couple of different things and then finally into her old-ass self, that was huge and was used a lot for movies that followed including terminator 2 i was gonna say yeah that would probably have been a big one for that yep um so I, I, there's some cutting edge stuff here and i will say like that effect while is comparatively to today you know they've done a lot to refine it you notice that it's an effect but it's it's effective haha but the, a lot of the effects in this movie I would say about 80% are like really, really solid. Like I can buy it all. There's only like that little proportion of stuff. We that lose it with the two-headed dragon. Yep. But I mean, that's much. a lot to ask at that point anyways. And they go claymation route, which isn't rarely going to look fluid. Yep. But you kind of accept it. Claymation you monsters. Do. I mean, we grew up with them. I kind of accept that monsters maybe looked and moved a little claymation-y. Yeah, yeah. We, we could and say I think we could. We talked about this. We we can all agree that the special effects in this movie, while at the time, were cutting edge. Um, suppose yeah. didn't you say, John? This foundation was like, for CGI. Yeah, totally um, blowing everybody away when they came out. That today, although there are some flaws with the special effects and some stuff doesn't does look out of place or cheesy or weird, that I don't think those things affect the enjoyment of the movie because. Um, the battle scenes and the stuff where those, that stuff comes in is fun and the action is good. The stuff that it's cutting in between. Um, they did their best job to try and to tell those those stories in the battles. So I, I forgive it for that anyway. I don't think that negatively impacts the movie whether it holds up or not. Uh, it's funny this movie um, has a, a completely unserious side to it, like when they're sledding down the mountain. That's fun. And Mad Mardigan's coming <laughs> in the role of ice and, you know, Burglecut getting the baby puking all over his face and, you know, other laugh out loud slapsticky type stuff happening. But then the battle scenes are fairly intense. Yeah. I wouldn't say gory, but they're they're intense. People get run through with swords like they're there's no disembowelment or, or 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 beheading or like dismemberment really it's mostly stabs and cuts through but like the the it's intense They're, the the fight scenes in this were way better than i was expecting and this movie is able to walk a weirdly fine line between that ex- more extreme comedy and then the more the more serious action and it ends up balancing in a surprise in a surprising place it's for true. me I, I thought it was going to i thought it was going to be totally wacky silly and it's 
because it strikes that balance like it does it makes it gives the movie opportunities to be fun at times and 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 you pick up on that yeah the mad martin yeah, I mean, this whole movie it feels like a like a kids movie but like a young like a what do you call them a tween or whatever the yeah, fuck teens yeah I, I guess yeah like that's a perfect age for it because like they're old enough to like get violence right um and it's not overly violent so it doesn't like destroy their little pure brains but um, but everything is so fantastical and that fantastical side i mean it's almost like a like an even level of uh silliness yeah kind of it 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 the tone i think is uh consistent with itself in the different areas yeah, it's, yeah. It, you're totally right. It does blend together in a nice way. Um, the, even Mad Mardigan rolling down the hill, the mountain in the snow, and being that big cylinder <laughs> with his legs sticking out and yeah. crashing into the building that Willow flew into on the shield. All of that, like, as outlandishly silly as it is, it all still seems grounded and works um, in the story. And uh, there is a lot of fu- stuff that's fun. The the stuff in the tavern where he's pretending to be a woman and then there's the big fight and then the escape on the uh, with the horses and uh when they're in the yeah. back of the carriage and they're fighting and they're the little guys the brownies are chopping the barrels off and hitting guys with it very indiana jones yeah yeah there's a lot of fun uh all of the fight scenes have a an element of humor to them even like the more other than the one at the end maybe but even the one with a two-headed monster, Mad Mardigan's just like taking care of business and <laughs> and uh, killing monsters and saving Willow and and the trolls and all that stuff. And like and I like how in love then, isn't he? Yeah, and he runs out. He runs out of the base away from the two-headed monster, with, and he's with them. And then they all notice he's there, and then he, he has to run back yeah. inside. And they chase him, and he has all those those traps set up and stuff. That's all fun. Like, uh, yeah, it all felt uh, nothing felt unbelievable or unrealistic, even though there is trolls and two headed <laughs> monsters. Well, like, even when when uh, Mad Mardigan is like courting Sorsha, and he's Val Kilmer's playing it so over the top, but it like it's no worse than anything else we've seen. So you kind of buy it. I if think that it's, was I on think its he's own, great man, Mad Mardigan for me, like. <sighs> is a shining spot in this movie and like Val Kilmer is a big part of that. I read that he ad-libbed like a huge part of his lines. Yeah. Yeah. And like to me he's like so amazing, man. Like he's he's just honestly funny. He provides you with a lot of like the honestly like just kind of unexpected little laughs, I guess. And I think it's those quips that he's doing, right? Those little ad-libs they must be. But he's also got a ton of swagger, man. The charisma on the guy right now is yeah. Is great there, there's movie. there's yeah. great moments too of characterization um, with him, and also um, showing what a decent person he is. That with the music and the dialogue really work. The first one is when he gets out of the the crow cage, and he yeah. um and he says, you know, like I'll take care of the baby. You get home and you bring in your crops. Take care of your family. And he seems really genuine. Like, I think you said, Brent, as soon as he's out of that cage, he could have just ran away and been like, fuck you guys. See you later. I'm out of here. But he actually takes on the responsibility of getting that baby somewhere. It does get stolen from him when he's taking that pee pee or whatever. And so, (laughs) 
<laughs> so he gets it stolen from him. But then later, um, <laughs> when uh, when they're down in the basement trying to hide from the bad guys, um, and uh, the guy's saying, like, don't trust this guy. He's not going to, like, help you or whatever. He's out for himself. And he says to he says to Willow, he stands up and he looks at him. And he says, "I serve the Elwin or whatever." Th- those moments are like really good in the movie. Like they really get you behind him. Yeah, no, he's That's a true. he's a good guy. Like he is a he's a perfect scoundrel, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he's on the he's on the right side of it, right? He's like, but he's also kind of in some shit, right? Yeah. And uh, and he plays that so well. Like he's you know he's very cheeky. He's he's trying to romance everybody. He's yeah. I mean <laughs> he's trying like, to get that lady. Her husband comes home and he's trying to have an affair with her. Like right after he lost the baby, <laughs> he's trying to yeah. pick up chicks. Uh, he's kind he's of like, moved oh, well. on. I mean he's not going to get the baby back. It's flown away. I mean so an eagle really flew away with the baby. You yeah. got no clues. No no he's done with <laughs> that, that now. That poor baby man. <laughs> um or uh i i love when he uh first gets his sword because that's a great the w- movie sets up the expectation from when we first meet him that like he he just needs to get a sword and he can kick some ass and then the i'm movie, the greatest the, swordsman who ever lived and then the and the movie delivers like that's what you need is for the movie to deliver on that promise and it does um and then even at the end with the battle where he fights the skeletor guy who's like the toughest guy and uh, yeah. he picks up his friend's weapons and goes and kicks some ass. I love that stuff. All that. Yeah, Mad Mardigan's a shining moment in this this movie for sure. And I like when a guy says that he's the best and we believe that he's the best and then we get to see him be the best. Like, that's why I love Ip Man so much is because Ip Man is like renowned as like this world class, like the, the best of the best. Yeah. And then he just absolutely whoops people's asses all over <laughs> yeah. the place. Like, I don't need the drama of it. Sometimes it's exciting to see a master, right? And to, like, get behind someone that, that has, you know, that capacity. So I love seeing Mad Martin. Not that he doesn't have his struggles, but, I mean, I love seeing him uh, kind of roll through this movie as as an excellent hero. They do it in a humorous way, too. Um, like, in the battle at the castle where the, the two-headed monster is running around... He he's kicking ass and he know, recognizes that Willow needs some help. So he jumps on like a catapult and shoots up there, gives him a hand, gives him a sword, and then goes back to fighting. <laughs> so it's just like he's so amazing. He could take breaks and help other people. Yeah. <laughs> and does. Goes out of his way to do that. So uh, that's really funny. Um, the one thing that did bother me in the beginning of this movie, because most of the beginning of this movie is good. We get to meet Willow and his and his family in the village. Um, but the one thing that did bother me is that those dogs um, were running around uh, chewing up anything that looked like a baby. <clears throat> it just didn't <laughs> yeah, make any sense I, that I've... they would send those dogs to get the baby because she like says later on in the movie she has to do this ritual or otherwise another baby will be born to destroy her. Like, she's got to get rid of this curse or this prophecy. So the fact that they're sending out baby-eating dogs to, like, get the baby didn't make a lot of sense. But. Yeah, considering how bad those dogs tear apart that midwife. <laughs> but I'm going to say this, okay? I still believe that those <laughs> things, if they found the baby, 
would like one would stop and point at it the other one would go run get help they're very well trained when he was shaking that crib he wasn't shaking a baby he was trying to shake a baby out of the crib just he in was case trying to, he had a message like your crib people he bit, the, yeah. he, he bit the crib in half it was in pieces no he bit the legs he was biting the legs <laughs> and then shaking it because babies get smart. stuck sometimes in those cribs. You don't know because you don't have babies, but they get stuck in cribs. No, that could be true. Uh, yeah, they you wedge them in there to sleep well. And uh, so I believe that those dogs maybe uh, wouldn't have just rampantly killed. Because otherwise, I mean, they're not a good choice. No, it's uh, it's not the worst thing. I mean, it doesn't make... It's still... It's great because it adds tension for the village... Um, it attacks and they have to get their warriors to come and take care of it. And then it starts to, it leads to something, you know, it leads to them figuring out what's happening. And then they've got to go take the baby to the Dakinis, get it out of the village and stuff like that. So it's okay. It, it's, it's not offensive in any way. No, no, yeah. not offensive. And those no. dogs are like super scary. So, I mean, you want that yeah. kind of an element in the story. Funny no, thing, on IMDb, they had the trivia about the dogs, and they were like, surprisingly, these things were Rottweilers with masks and tails. <laughs> and I was like, what the What's fuck do you mean surprisingly? It is the most obvious special effect in the movie, and we have a claymation dinosaur later. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. It was just they, a funny way to they, word it. They, yeah, did look, they did look good, though, in, if they were No, they did look good, They don't actually. keep it on them. Like, it gave them little costumes. They stayed on well. They didn't look like they were slipping or anything like that. So, yeah. No, all, you staple them is what you do. Those dogs are yeah, you probably... you definitely staple them. Hot those, glue. Those dogs hot are probably incredibly, incredibly hot. Can you imagine oh, no how doubt. hot those things would have been? Those costumes for a dog? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. My dogs, dogs probably died, today. and they, like, hit it because they didn't want to get in trouble with the... The I mean, they're Rottweilers, activists. and they're running through a forest. Rottweilers are short hair. Yeah. Right? Maybe a brisk night. They'd probably be appreciative of it. I want to watch the making like, of Willow so now cheap. on YouTube and see if you can see how they did some of this stuff. I think oh, Disney sure. has some, some footage of it because they released that series. I think there might be more uh, uh, promotional yes. shit on there. The That'd follow-up cool. series. Um, I, I thought... Honestly, after this movie kind of got going, um, I thought most of the opening sequence could have been cut from the movie. Like the baby should have just showed up at Willow's place. I think you don't really don't need to like see much that, more. Though. I like I like seeing where the baby came from. It, it, it invests me in the baby. Otherwise, like you know, mm. I just see this baby. That's interesting. The only reason right? why, like, I, like, oh, I'm harvesting, and then a baby shows but it's up. It's a like, baby. How much do you need to get behind a baby? I mean, that's a MacGuffin of the MacGuffin. The baby's so uh, cute, fame. though. You immediately like that baby when you see it. That baby's it a, a pretty great actor. emotive baby. Oh, actually, all the kid actors in this movie, like all, were cute enough and not like too too useless as many child actors are. Did, they didn't have too much to do. They were just cute, and it was great. The only reason I agree with John is because um, everything that we find out in either the the words at the beginning of the movie on the screen are with all of this stuff that happens with they're trying to find the baby and then it gets away and is we found we find out about that stuff and explain a log f from many different characters again and again throughout the story so we're I hearing know, that but story if you just like have a kid come down the stream in a fucking basket you got the whole christ story or noah moses whoever the fuck she was like, that it just though. seems so biblical all of a sudden 
You don't know that. She just might have been an ingredient. That baby might have been like an, an ingredient for something. It's not that oh, I'm gross. And they just, they didn't want to, the evil to have the I ingredient. guess it's good setup. It is good setup for the story and stuff. Introducing the bad guys first. It's very and quick. Then, Take out the text at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, the it is over by the time sure. the credits start rolling. But this movie overall does have like some pacing. Like it's long. It needs to be a bit shorter. Yeah, I would agree that they they could have even just cut out some of the beginning. Um, definitely the the stuff with the words, but they could have made it a little bit shorter because it does take a long time for us to get to Mad Martigan, and you want to get to him and the and them, that whole transition a little bit sooner. It happens around page or minute thirty or twenty nine or twenty eight, but you you could have six is where it was. Yeah, you could have shaved some time off. Just a, just a teen, just a hair. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not much. Um, no, because yeah, you do end up learning everything later. But Brent's also right in that it does attach you to Elora, who's well, and it scares you like that. These to. people are after this baby. You get to meet the queen, a Bathmorda, and you get to you know establish her and and what she's trying to do. And the, the thing on the arm, they're looking for this uh, birthmark or whatever. So it it does establish yeah. a lot it's, of stuff. I well, mean, and you get behind the community, right? Like you, you get that, then the baby, then you get like Willow. You kind of appreciate that they have like this real ant and the grasshopper type of fucking lifestyle where if they don't prepare, they're fucked, right? So, um, you know, taking on a Dakini baby, I think is actually a good investment. But if you want to go with their <laughs> beliefs... Um, They'd have to know the worth of a good worker on the farm. Dude, that kid would be twice the size yeah, of them. Of yeah. A river yeah. baby? A river giant baby? Yeah, it would but be. Fucking Jesus, you know? Yeah. The beginning yeah, also maybe. establishes the stakes and stuff too. Like we know what's after the baby and we know that once it winds up on their doorstep, we, we, we know what's to come. So So it does add that element to it too of danger. Um, that something's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is true. A, that's always a good thing, of course, too. Yeah, the stakes feel the stakes feel high, and you feel the characters like start to connect to each other. Where mm -hmm. you know, Mad Mardigan at first is opportunistic, and he just wants to like survive, but he doesn't. He's not mean to them once they let him out. He's he like actually takes the baby and seems like he wants to do right by it. But later, by the time they go to the island. And Willow like thanks him sincerely and Mad Mardigan gives them this weird look and this weird wave and then you know that like he's for them now and all their shit and um Yeah, yeah then like the way they fight like it, it's it all develops in a in a like that stuff I like and it works in a really good way. The one thing that takes a turn at a left corner for me in this movie is Sorsha's character. Um because I find the ship between her and Mad Mardigan like even though it's fueled by a bit of magic it's it's not that they couldn't fall in love or want to be together it's that Sorsha is like oh, okay I'm against my mother and everybody else I'm gonna fight against this cause like she had no politics in it and she was probably since her position in that in that um, family is, is fairly high she was probably like going around murdering babies and shit before we meet her well, that's what I that's one thing I, I agree with. I think they could have set it up more as that she's mad at her mother because her mother's been protecting her, never letting her get her hands dirty, and so she wants this mission because her mom's always like never letting her do anything and keeping her away from that stuff. 
kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy does a really good job of setting up um, the the daughter's hatred for the the father and and her betraying him in the beginning of the movie. They don't really do that, set that up well That's in here. That's why I wouldn't want her to take the mission mm. on like trying to impress her mom. I would want her to take the mission because she believes to like otherwise. escape the place. Yeah, to get, or like to get not out. into killing babies. It's actually not that hard to do, right? Like, do we have to be doing this? And I don't know what it, what this means for Bav Morda as a bad bad character because she's obviously evil as fuck. But the reason she's being evil is because she wants to sacrifice a baby which is awful to prevent her own to prevent her own demise i guess but defeat or whatever yeah yeah <clears throat> like but we don't know much else about her how she otherwise holds power over the land like or anything like what was she doing before she realized she had to destroy the baby she's working at the gap she yeah. seems she does seem like um i, I mean I think people call her Evil Queen Beth Morda, so she's kind of got a rep for being evil, and uh, yeah. and then she she thinks this baby's gonna grow up to destroy her, is what she says. So I mean, it's a good motivation for baby killing. Um, I guess you, it's like what if it was baby, baby Hitler? If you knew that was baby Hitler, would you like kill baby Hitler? One hundred and ten percent. It's it's the yeah. it's the plot of Deadpool too. Yeah, and so she, to her, that's like baby Hitler. So she's got to get rid of it because it's going to destroy her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fair. But she's just straight evil. Mm. I guess like if you were in a position of power and someone was like, this baby's going to kill you. And you'd be like, I'm going to kill every baby then, I guess. You know, there's a, there's something there to maybe explore. But I don't know. I guess you don't really need it in this movie. But she should have also been like, I'm old as fuck in the medieval times. Like... That kid will, by the time it's old enough to kill me, I'll fucking be dead. Yeah. Some fucking gangrenous, like, fucking sliver or yeah, some shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? that thing's going to have to, baby's going to have to at least be 21 or 22 before I could destroy her. Yeah. She's got, like, time. Yeah. She's yeah. got time. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. A little bit of time. So, yeah. But, so, her whole thing with Mad Mardigan that she goes against her mother at the end, it, it doesn't, that doesn't really work for me in this movie at all. Okay, but the relationship between her and Mad Mardigan, you're right. It, just because of based on where she came from, Brent said it like off of my Guardians of the Galaxy thing. She should have been trying to get away from her mother and already established that she's not going to kill the baby and she's going to go out on this mission so she can get the fuck away from her mom. And uh, yeah. then she turns and then it would it would have made a lot more sense instead of her instantly... Mind. I mean, I agree. It could it could be better developed, but I don't I don't mind that part of it. And I I think I just get the impression that she like like hasn't really experienced, you know, a, a boy. Deep dicking. Well, it's deep a guy for certain. Yeah. Mad Mardigan. Let's be honest. Hog. Right. Hey. Yeah. She ain't ever gonna do better than him. So. Oh no, no! Like, like I said, them like the the, the bang, the the what <laughs> happens between them, like that's all fine. The the only bit is that she happens to be Bavmorda's daughter, and like heinous as fuck. That's the part that I just don't. You know what would have been easier yeah. is if you just made her made her not her daughter. There, yeah. there's no reason for that to be her mother. She could have just been a female foot soldier who's like on her team. But not a relative. Yeah, because her mom, her mom moves to kill her as soon as she sees that she's turned. 
Yeah. yeah like totally. there's not even a hesitation. Her mom fucking hates her. So yeah. you're right. She could just be a fucking villager or something. Like the the general or something. Yeah. You know? Someone in her yeah. military, yeah. It just could have been a little bit better. The other confusing relationship in this movie is between Mad Mardigan and Eric. Uh, because those guys, man, they've seen some shit together and they are constantly back and forth between like, I'll leave you to die. Fuck you. I'll fight by your side. Save me. Go away. You're, you're, you're inspiring me. I don't like you. What do you stand for? You're a thief. Please come with us. I'll fight with you. It's like all over the fucking map. Like, would they just get over it and fuck? Yeah, it's totally true. But seriously, it's complex and I don't know that I necessarily like understand it. Well, I do think I, I it did occur to me like that Mad Mardigan is like seeming like we acknowledge that he's, you know, kind of a shit disturber. Yep. But on the whole, he's a good man. And so um when we uh fucking see that Eric won't even release him from that cage so that he can fight with them, um you got to imagine what the fuck he did to him. To yeah. make him so mad. That's Whoa. what I'm thinking. I was thinking the yeah. same thing, yeah. I think but, he... Like, but not to kill him on the spot. Like, he doesn't ever try to murder him himself, so it couldn't have been that deep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd have to really, really, really hate someone's guts that if I know them, we're on, like, not more than a first-name basis. We've, like, actually spent time together, whether it was fighting or killing or burning down villages, whatever it was. If we were like had that kind of relationship, I'd have to really hate them to see them like trapped and be like, I'm going to leave you trapped. See ya. Like that's pretty dick move on Eric's part. Agreed. Yep. <clears throat> yep. He does I mean, he's had a pretty end, bad though. day. He's going to potentially die. That was True. the other thing he's I like, wanted to mention. He owed me I... 200 bucks and I could have <laughs> fucking had that, that hooker. And instead, I slept in an alley. So fuck you. I, I, I think I mentioned this when we were watching the show, though, too. But the scene where Mad Mardigan is in the crow's cage and there the the army comes by, once again, there's no CG. There must have been two or three hundred extras, fully full gear on horses, just walk by his cage. Yep. So oh, yeah. the the production value in this movie. Whether it was the village, Willow's Village, or the castles, and like all that stuff, is like the production value is through the roof. What was the budget on this, Johnny? Th- 35. Holy shit. They in, did, 88, I guess in, in $88, really that's still a lot. I mean, that's maybe impressive, times two, man. but <clears throat> that's but crazy. Yeah, like it's, it's also, though, it's smart the way it's done. It's compact in the background, none of the villages are too big. Mm. Like the there's some some faraway shots of castles that are obviously drawn or painted or inserted digitally. Uh, yeah. However, they did that, but then you get up close and the walls are like they must have cut and painted foam, but but a good enough size that it feels like it. Um, I mean, this was shot in New Zealand, so um, oh my god, obviously a good place to do something that crazy. looks yeah. not too dissimilar to Lord well, of the Rings. Well, that certainly right? answers like the 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 uh, landscapes that we were seeing yeah well, and we and had we this discussion like whether they're sincere or not we had a hard I mean, time deciphering New Zealand is the decider yeah we had a hard time deciphering whether it was real or not and so that was kind of like cool it had too. to be though because 88 they weren't like doing backgrounds that well for fake right you'd either be close up where you could have the drop down 
maybe some kind of a composite thing. I don't know. Yeah. If I know how things work. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's possible. New Zealand's gorgeous. Did you guys like the cinematography in this movie? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was pretty good too. Like yeah. the look of it, the music was really good. Um, I love the music. The music's a J- big James thing. James Horner. Yeah, very yes. famous composer. I I really like I like the theme song. The, the 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 song during the fight. The the fight scenes. They they've repeated it a couple of times, but I really like it. Yeah, I, I like the village music, the instruments they use oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, the mood setting and the the sense of giving you like a authenticity to the place, I think is done really well in this. I mean, it's Rod Howard, Ron yeah. Howard. So I'm not surprised that it's well done, but I mean, it, it is done really well. Nothing feels cheapened. We get to know it's his fa- Willow's family too and like his family. We like his kids. We... We like his wife. His wife um, says that they've never been apart and stuff, and that seems to mean something. So it makes yeah. us root for him more because we know he has well, to his get land. Back. He has to get back to his family, and we've met them and we've seen the relationship between them, and it, it immediately makes you root for Willow and hope that he can make it through this and, and return. It gives him the personal stakes required to set him down this path until he gets taken in by the like that the whole country or whatever the whole land is in danger if this lady gets her way because she yeah, ain't gonna and, care for no Nelwins once she kills that baby and drinks its blood or whatever she's gonna do with it <laughs> yeah and we talked about what this Warwick's a lot status in the town in the village because i get the impression that he's like kind of a lower status but yeah his property is riverside it's true, but it's not that big a community. It seems to be spread apart a little bit. And, I mean, Burglecut wants his land, so it, it, you're right about that, Brent. It, it's, it does seem to be a desirable place. Maybe he inherited it recently from a deceased parent, and maybe that know. lady that's his wife was his mom, and we don't know about their customs. <laughs> I don't know. The other thing, too, uh, that makes it... Uh, uh, kind of cool is that uh the the village and stuff um oh it's like the community um like they go um and send like their warriors and stuff they like the the wizard billy barty um he (laughs) (laughs) there's a world record um in this conversation Uh, what what kind of world record like Like just getting this out for you um, is painful it's just so so billy barty is uh sorry so many times billy barty's a wizard and uh i like that um he's showing he keeps showing willow that he's kind of full of shit like whether it's uh, with the bones and stuff he like bones tell me nothing yeah and then he whispers to willow i don't i don't know what like do you want to go he's like do you even like this baby and willow's like yes he's like the bones have spoken and he is yeah. going or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah. And yeah. then he sends Burgle Cut as well. Like, so, obviously, the, obviously full of shit. The bones also say this, Burgle Cut. And your <laughs> wife should suck my dick while you're away. I'm Burgle Cut now. So, so yeah, I but like, I think that's the perfect expression of a chieftain, right? Is someone that was, I mean, this is how religion started basically, right? Someone that was like, oh, I know how this works, right? And everyone was like, shit, really? You'd be like, yeah, Willow's going on the thing. But yeah. I think he likes Willow, and he's going to let Willow in anyways. That's why he even says, like, he knows Willow is his apprentice. And it's not that he's without real magic. 
I think he just uses certain fucking old man bullshitteries yeah. to fucking influence the crowd. You know? Well, he does have magic. He tur- throws that rock up and turns it into a bird. I know, but that might have been a bird. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that was weird too was um, that he he clearly has magic, but um, a lot of the time he's just winging it. Like Brent said, um, he's the most confident person in the room. He's the most confident kid. So everyone's just like, oh, oh he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So you just listen to that guy. Yeah. So I like that though. It, it, it also sets up like that. They're willing to like risk their men and stuff to save this baby. They're, they're just a good folk, that whole... Uh, is it the Elwins? Nelwyn. So. With an Nelwins. N. The Nelwins. Yeah. yeah it sounds very Lord of the Ringsy. Like, this movie seems to have borrowed a touch from J.R. Tolkien's worlds. Well, that and... I mean, you can feel the George Lucas in it as well. That's for certain, yeah. George Lucas is uh, a great <clears throat> world builder, to tell you the honest. But the, see, the, here's the thing with this movie, though, and I know now they have the show, and I don't think I'm into it, so I, maybe I'll try and give it a shot. Have anyone here tried an episode uh, of Will no, or the Show? No, I don't want to watch it because I, I just feel like it might spoil... <laughs> You don't want to see... Do you really want to see Willow 20 years after well, the Willow the thing. movie? This movie wasn't about ever about that world. Like, yes, they create a world. They sit us in it. We don't get much background, so we're just kind of thrust into it. But they also don't ask me to memorize kingdoms. There's an evil queen. There's some noble guys with fucking great blonde hair and beard. And fucking off we go, right? And the, the, the scoundrel wears black but fights for the right side. So it's not that complicated. And the fact that... Um, that Willow's a little person and like appears to have disadvantages compared to the larger Daikinis that ups his struggle and his stakes. And so that much like um, Lord of the Rings, like the, the hobbits are like smaller and uh, um, um, they, they have like more challenges going on these kind of complex, very active missions. And so like, it's about overcoming that, which they do. And it makes you feel good by the end. Like there's no need for a sequel. The, the There's no more with, to that story. No, the problem with the Willow TV show series is you know how it came about. It was like a Monday morning meeting, development meeting at Disney. And they're like, okay, I hope everyone's brought their ideas today for new shows we're going to do like for next season or whatever, for next year. And then they're like, Steve. And Steve did not do shit. He didn't do any research. He didn't come up with anything. Like, Steve, why don't you tell us what your idea is? And Steve's like, oh, yeah, um... I'm I uh yeah I've been thinking about this a lot and so my dad we should make Willow into a TV show and they're like that's genius <laughs> that's how that shit comes about is laziness somebody just didn't do their job and they just said Willow and everyone got on board it's like so, that meeting and get them to the Greek I yeah, yeah I just don't think I could watch I just don't think I could watch decide on a re-release has yeah. anyone seen the way is it is it got good reviews I don't no know. Idea. I yeah. don't know. I'm kind of just avoiding it because to look. every other TV show that appears to want to take advantage of an old franchise has sucked. So why would this one be any different when <clears throat> there's not even any, anything worth coming back to here? So apparently someone took this uh, and George Lucas's idea and said, Let, I'm going to write some books. So they wrote three books as follow-ups. And in general, I think people fucking hate those too. So... <laughs> So there's oh. really like like I said, there's not much more to explore here uh, in this world. If it if there was, then there would have been more to it from that 
geopolitical or whatever angle that they would have had to throw in to, to give you some awareness. And they're like, you know, it's not just about that the baby was saved. Now there's the war with Frankville. Those Frankville fucks are coming for us. Oh, no, they have dragons and they want to kill the baby now. Oh, no. Right. It's just like, who cares? It's a TV so, show about killing babies again. Jesus, these guys with the killing of the babies. I don't know. Is it about more killing babies? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. That would be this a movie's like up. watching American news. It is about Willow. Like Warwick okay, Davis so, is back. So, so what did we not like? Because we were liking a lot of this. I no, think. no. We all we there were things we didn't like. I don't like the relationship. The the Eric relationship is strange. The the Sorsha relationship is strange. This movie feels a little bit long to me. The ending are, for me. The ending for me is one of the things I like the least because how 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 Queen Bath Morda dies or whatever is I still don't, I I've seen it a million times and I still don't know how she dies. So she dumps the blood that was on the where the baby was sitting where that lightning was hitting but she dumps that on herself and then because she dumps the blood containers on herself she gets electrocuted and then turns yeah. into a red bloody mist i yes. still do not that doesn't make any sense to me like what happened to her well they never explain what the spell was but she had a concoction that included baby's hair and they just had it resting by the lip of the cauldron ready to put it in once they had placed the baby in the proper area but instead, willy-nilly pointy lady uh, knocks the shit onto the floor, it looks like, but it splashes on her, which signals all the elements of the spell to come together with lightning. And when she raises the wand, she gets zapped. I don't like it either, though. It's like a fluke. It's like insanely <laughs> lucky. Yeah, it doesn't make any it's sense. A little, it's a little deus ex machina type of thing. A little bit, Totally, yeah. totally. It like, it like was bad luck on her part. They, they, they didn't win. She like fucked up or something. That's stupid. Like when Willow makes the baby disappear and she like freaks out, all that had to happen was her daughter or the other witch, I uh, was Zell, like gets her because she's distracted, kills her. The end. Yeah. yeah. And then the good guys win. Willow distracted them. They killed her and the job was yeah. done. This way, it just seems like they didn't even have to be there. She's just a fucking klutz and she would have killed yeah. herself anyway. <laughs> So like, what the she fuck? fucking should have been playing with a toaster in a bathtub. Idiots. <laughs> so, That's basically kind of what it boiled down to. Yeah, so, that was that was pretty dumb. At least the the main fighter bad guy went out like killing Eric first and then having a tough battle against. Uh, yeah, and that fight stuff his face there broken half off. Yep. All of the fight stuff Love between it. the wizards are the are they witches sorcerers? All this the they fist fight and they punch each other of each other's faces. All of that the like spell yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh my god. <laughs> that stuff. I actually like that. Did you guys not like that? I don't know. She's having a good time no, with I like it, it, I guess. It seemed, I like it it seemed really silly, but there was personality to it. Yeah, yeah. She she owns it though. She sells it, I think. Yeah. Except she like, does I the believe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> It's yeah. a spell. I think so too. And everything I don't think up so. to that I think it's point, a weird laugh. <laughs> so Maybe. to me, everything up to that point was going along so well, and then they like took a big shit on how they kill her. It she really just, it doesn't fit. Something should have been active from Willow's side, other than hiding the baby in his uh, his trick What way. if the daughter just ran her through with like a weapon because she was distracted? Like that. That would have made that would have that would have made. Um, me like Sorcia's character a bit more 
but instead she just doesn't really do yeah. much. What does she do? Well, she kills like she's badass. She kills all those priests. She makes sure she it does. Them. Yeah. yeah, she does that. <laughs> she can yeah, fight. So I mean, the write-up says that she accidentally completes the the ritual, right? Like banishing herself. So. Because it but says that she moves to attack him. She does. She she. And in doing so, she spills that on herself, completes the ritual, and then she disappears. So it's less. I mean, well, yeah. if you got to weed that kind though, of saved if, by God. If you got to weed that, well, I might. Then. I just might not have caught it. Like, yeah, that's what I'm willing to admit. Right? Is that I just I've never caught moment, it. I mean, we do. We do get shooting the shit on some movies and we can oh yeah miss a detail here or there so yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's just well, out of all of the times that i've seen it over and over and over again i've always not liked it or didn't understand exactly what happened so you think with a movie this simple that they could have had her death be a little less ambiguous i guess yeah i yeah. would have I would have preferred. Anyway, uh, is it a yeah, deal I would have preferred breaker, it otherwise. It yeah, but is it a deal well breaker? The it, that's the I, thing, Colin. Does it make it not hold up? That's the question. What do you think? I don't know. Well, there's some other stuff in here that was. Was there anything else that we didn't like? I know John had mentioned a couple of different things and. But I don't relationships. know relationships. Well, I can just go if you want. If you guys want to think on it. Yeah, yeah, you, you give her Brent if you know what's up. Yeah, I'll nail it down. I think this holds up. Um, it's not without its problems. I mean, it's a little dated in some areas, but if you consider that this movie is 88, it is surprising as hell how enjoyable it still is. And Warwick Davis is a boss, and Val Kilmer is just fucking as good as he ever is. Um and the movie's exciting and maybe it drags in a couple places and I mean you know it's not like there's changes to be made everywhere uh, if you look hard enough probably um, and this movie's not any different but I think on the whole it does a good job yeah I, holds I was right the fuck up holds right the fuck up I was gonna say that there is a couple of other things too that were silly like the way they hide their horses underneath them <laughs> blankets and dig giant tunnels oh, overnight holes to at hide the, at there. The gates. Yeah, but it, once again, it's a fantasy movie and it, it seems to fit with the tone. And so I mean, I enjoy I enjoy fantastical most of the movies you. you allow fantastical things. Yeah, right? this is like a 7.5. It definitely holds up. It's like a 7.5 or an 8 out of 10. It's like it's funny. Dude, it's exactly it's what I rated it on IMDb. Yeah, it's funny. The action is good. The the acting is good. The music's great. It's it's and you can it's repeatable. Like you can watch it over and over again. Ellie, Brent's eight year old daughter, enjoyed it thoroughly. So it works on kids still, which I think was Brent said was the intended audience anyway. So fuck yeah, that holds up. Fuck yeah. We little yeah, drunk. I do Wazelle do this in Wazelle's voice. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I might had... do it in the brownies too. What does he think? Well, I think Willow <laughs> thinks it holds up. Yeah, it holds up. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> it's so surprising. I did not think it was going to. 
I'd seen this not long ago and kind of like maybe I was just in a bad mood or I kind of shit on it a bit. But this time watching it, it was just it was fun end to end. The biggest thing I noticed that let me relax on this movie a bit was the how far the poles go between the silly and the fun action. And it's just it does like an Indiana Jones level job of like going between those silly swings and, and, and serious action. And it does it well. Not movie. Not many movies can do this. No, I'm telling you, it's really, get... really hard to do this and keep the tone like even by the end of the day. Little of this, little of that, back to the middle. Grounded in reality, little silly, little magic, little fighting, little little sex. Uh, back again. Yeah, you know. I cannot get the song out of my head too. That yeah, it's like just all, like that part sticks. of the music is so fucking uh, Lucasy. Yeah, yeah it, it's very Lucasy, and I love when uh, he gets his sword too, and and Willow sees him k- kill a couple dudes, and he goes, "You are great," and then he like f- slips and falls, tries to curl yeah. his sword. <laughs> He's so cocky. Yeah. Um, and I, I do buy the relationship. I shouldn't, and you're totally correct, but I think I do buy the relationship between him and Sorsha and her betraying her mom. It's just because it's all so basic. Her mom is like an evil, crazy queen witch. And like, so the fact that she betrays her mom, it actually doesn't really bother me that much, surprisingly. <laughs> It's not the main part. It's it's not the focus, so it's not enough to like wreck the movie. If yeah, like Willow, it's not the if, focus. if if if, it, if they were that light on Willow and what tied him back to his village and people, and they were just Willow's just here and he's on an adventure. He's kind of a farmer, but whatever. And you'd be like, I guess yeah. they don't do that for this. Is like it's just she's a side piece, which is just it's just disappointing um, the way that they kind of do it. But it's it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It, like it's there's nothing to do. No, so and fun. she's also gorgeous, and the two of them together are like smoke shows. So yeah, you know, pay to see that. The only thing I don't like at the end, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I guess you had to have it, but where they are all like he, where Mad Mardigan's all of a sudden in princes, some kind of a weird prince's robe DJ outfit, and because well, uh, I think she <laughs> sources the queen now, isn't <laughs> and she. she yeah, I guess. And yeah. Sorsha's like in the white robe and Willow's like, we'll see you guys. Like, you guys are going to be a family now with the baby. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my village. I don't think that was necessarily needed. Like, I, I think you could have had that be that be more ambiguous. Like, everyone's dirty and bloody from the battle. And they're, they're standing beside each other holding the baby. And Willow's like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to my village. And they're like, okay, see ya. Like, it just seems like everything was determined I mean, about... The it's hierarchy. a kids movie. I know. Kids like to see the end thing. Yeah, right? I they think like like, and you want to show that to that audience, right? But, you don't like you just you're like you're like leave them all bloody on the battlefield <laughs> and Willow, limbless, turns to them. No, and says, that's not what I mean. I'm I just going mean, home. I mean, it seems like a, a large amount of time had passed between that battle because everything's cleaned up and. And everyone's cleaned up and wearing their new clothing and they've got the baby and the baby's all cleaned up and dressed up. It was like, how long had much time had passed? Like, why couldn't the battle have happened? They won. And then Willow says goodbye. And then they're like, going to figure all that shit out later. It seems like everything was determined. She will be the prince. Or she'll be the princess. I will be the prince. The baby will be ours. We will live in this castle. Well, we've got our outfits on now. That type of stuff seemed a bit weird for me this time but 
once yeah. again, it's not a deal breaker. It's fine. They just they're no, summing it, it, it up. goes it goes quick. I think the key thing to say here though is is um like the the age target the the target age group of this would be like fourteen and under. I would say That's, the absolute that would be a good aim age, at you yeah. as old as as young as you'd let your kid watch it like six, seven, eight maybe because it's not the worst, but it's a little intense. I don't know what the right age is. I'm not a parent. Don't fucking trust me with that shit. But you'd let your kid watch <laughs> yeah, it at a certain know. point, and then after a certain point, if you hadn't seen this movie, you might think it's a little silly or whatever. But I grew up with this. You guys grew up with this. It like has also that special kind of thing in my in my heart from like 80s movies that were punching above their weight way above oh yeah uh, ellie didn't seem um like she just thought it was enjoyable she just seemed really into the fun of it um i didn't like i don't think she ever felt the, that the violence was too much or anything like that did she no no yeah no, and she's eight. And i think it that's part kid. of it is because you can show sword fighting but like they're not showing anybody getting bloodied or you know run through in a in a gruesome grotesque not too gruesome like you know visibly unpleasant way yeah like there's a little bit but it's it's it is it's pretty reserved so that's why it's good for that there's no there's no blood or mutilation or decapitation or anything like that that except for the dragon blowing up but it's like a dragon and so like you can watch something like that have a horrific death because it's a monster, that's a good thing. I used to think yeah. the troll, when the, the arms come out of the troll and skin it, I used to think that was pretty fucking gross. And Willow, rightly so, kicks it into the water. That thing was nasty. Okay, yeah, so Willow handles that like a boss. He's like, fuck this thing. Yeah. He turned it into that, though. <laughs> that was all By water. Yeah, but he didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other thing, too, is uh, when um, Mad Mardigan jumps on the head of it and... Uh, that that was the worst special effects for the look of the special effect, and he like stabs it into the brain and then jumps off of it. <laughs> That's uh, very tough to do back. I know, then. I know. Once again, I'm I'm not trying to shit on it. It just it it, it yeah, just no, definitely right. it, it definitely challenged. looked weird. It looked not good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad this held up though because I was really worried that it's you fine. guys weren't gonna think that it did. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely, there's nothing, like, there's nothing to be afraid of in this movie. Go get it. Have some fun. Get your kids together. It's on Disney Plus. Pop some popcorn and go. Turn it on and watch it tonight. Yeah. Uh, Whether you do the series or not is all on you. Okay, we got one more this month coming up, and it's Mr. Pilgrim versus the world i don't know how i'm gonna feel about this at all because i don't i remember it so so little of this i remember yeah michael sarah uh will take the lead with elizabeth something mary elizabeth something do we know what the box office was was this very popular movie uh scott pilgrim yeah i don't don't Uh, know how well it did let me see here i remember when it came out but uh no, it did not. It did not crush. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's it's a it's niche. niche. It's. I was gonna say for me it was obscure. I didn't know the reference of this this movie. I, it was. But a neither do I. Neither do I. I just enjoyed it because I think I think I don't know. This was an early shot at doing something pretty different to like a different take on um on a graphic. Not it's not a graphic novel. It's a anime or, or comic style Manga or something I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly the term for it if there's a difference between those three things well, it's the one that's closest to it who picked this one maybe i did 
Nice. Okay. I liked I like this movie. I always enjoy this movie because the music part of it is really good, and it has Jason okay. Schwartzman and oh, Kieran Culkin, he was Chris in Evans. It you just, you and uh, what's her face, Miss Marvel or whatever? Yeah, yeah, she's in it Brie too. Larson. The, Brie the Larson cast is, is actually the quite Brie Larson like, is the love interest. No, well, uh, she's the no, ex. She's the ex, and uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Yeah, right. Bill Hader, who's so good. Oh Fuck shit! Bill Hader. And the guy who played Superman, um, Henry Caviezel. No, the Cavill? the Cavill? first reboot Superman before. Oh, Brandon. Christopher Brandon. Reeves. Yeah, Brandon Ruth. I don't really Superman know him well, it's other than that Superman movie, and it wasn't very good. No, it was Jeez. not. It was not at all. Okay, but we'll come at you with Scott Pilgrim versus the World next week, uh, and we'll see. I think it. I don't know if it will hold up, though, as excited as I am to watch it. I think it will. I'm going to just call that. I think it'll be quirky, and I agree that it will be niche, but I think that it will... um, I think it'll hit the marks, despite maybe being targeted for a smaller audience. Yep. I actually have no idea. that's That's why I'm like... Yeah, I'm. I'm very unsure. We'll see. We'll see. I'm. I definitely excited to watch it. We'll have some fun with yeah. it. Feels like it's All the right. first yeah. time for me almost. Oh, good. Yeah. That'll be grand. That'll be grand. We'll yeah. check you out in that one next week. Thanks for listening to this one, folks. Willow, go check it out. It's uh, safe and approved. Um, though not the best thing I've ever seen, but hey, it's good enough, right? Grand. All right. Um, we'll check you in next week's episode. Thanks for coming, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.